When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is a crowd podcast. This guy's talking to my mind. What the? Hardest bit, biggest challenges. How you interpret a fight. Beautiful, I've got you. Maddest one, donkey. Kelbrook springs to mind. That adrenaline rush is wicked. This is gold. He turned around like a soldier. Boom. Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. Deckland. Georgeous. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. Are you? Yes. I mean, we, we're in December now. December. Who had the idea for the awards, the, the GG Boxing Club Awards? I think it just came from the floor of the club. Floor of I the club. I think the members are asking for it. Yes, we saw our annual end of year awards. Right? Yeah. We're not quite ready to give out them awards, but we want to know what awards we should we should give out, yeah. really. Yeah. So well, I've think, had a little thing. Yeah, we had a little assume, thing. Yeah, like we assume that we're going to do all the big hitters. Best boxer, man and woman, best knockout, best comeback. We might do. Yeah, we'll do them as a matter of course, but we want we want some niche ones. Yes. And then obviously the suggestions for winners. Best trash talk, yes. Yeah, we've got a couple of good ideas for that already. We do, we do, we do. I think I've, I'm not going to reveal it. I've got my little favourite. I came up with, um, you know, you know, the best ring walk. Yeah. So I'm, ring walks are important and we always bang on for a ring and walk. And no one's got the best ring No one's walk. had a bus out this year, have they? No. <laughs> best shorts. <laughs> I want to know who's got the best kit. Yeah. You know, is it is it sequins this year? Is it tassels? What is it? Yeah. We want weird and wonderful entries for the awards. Post-fight interview. Yeah, let's have some, whoever's got some good ones of them. And, and I'm not sure, is it insightful? Is it heartfelt? Is it comedy? I don't know. Best post-fight interview. I'm talking about on the ring apron. Yeah. We want to know who, who our best guest is, I suppose, as well. Best guest, Should yeah. Should we go for that? Yeah. Best guest. Best quote from the pod. All this stuff. And we'll put them together and we'll do an awards episode. First official GGBC awards do we got um i don't know any chance for a guest we're just going to sit and talk about awards for the world no no we got a guest he's, <laughs> he's he's boxing through and through he is a former world champion he's a sky man yeah he, he's, he's the boxing man he's johnny nelson johnny nelson's joining the club yes johnny nelson is in the club believe it or not can't wait to have him on deck I can't wait should we get him in let's get him on get him. So 
So, Deck. Yes, George. Today, we have a man who lives and breathes boxing. He is the longest reigning world cruiserweight champion of all time. But now a commentator and analyst is, of course, Johnny Nelson. Johnny, thanks for coming in, well, mate. Nice Welcome to, see to you the boys. club. Pleasure, pleasure. I've had fun getting on the train from Sheffield, walking down up the street, just being a proper tourist. And nobody spoke English down here. It was pretty good. And it was nice. No nice. one speaks English in Sheffield, <laughs> do they? That's He's, true. It's got a twang. <laughs> yeah. That's dedication to the club, though, isn't it? All the way from Sheffield. Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's a trek. What's the theme, George? We've already established uh, longest reigning world cruiserweight champion. Mm. But for me, it's the art of life after boxing. Yeah, man. You know, due uh, to be at the forefront, at leading, leading the way in retired professional world champions doing the job the other side of the ropes. Because it seems to be that it's developed into an art form. Some people can do it, but some people can't do it. You know what it is? I think some people, they just try too hard. Try too hard to be smart, to be clever, to be... I'm not a clever guy. I just say what I see. When you say what you see, you might upset a few people, but some, after a while, people think, you know what, like it or not, he says how it is. And and sometimes they'll think you've got an allegiance to the left or to the right. But eventually, you know, I think they respect that. I don't mind. You get flack. I don't mind it. You know, if you don't know personal, don't take it personally. And it's fun. You know, basically, it's not a job. Sat down, talking about things you, you like, giving an opinion on things you like. And until it gets to that stage where people think, nah, I'm not feeling that, then just enjoy it. And it's actually pretty cool. Johnny, what was your first sort of jobs that you were doing um, as a TV or radio pundit or analyst? In Sheffield on the Yorkshire TV, um, I think you get it down here, a program called Inside Out. Yeah. So I was a guest presenter on that. Did various things like uh, going into a gay club and seeing what the gay scene's like up in Leeds. So uh, not even sporting? Nah, not even sporting. Uh, which I liked because it just gave you a chance to feel uncomfortable. Boxing's much easier, trust me. Sky-wise, I was actually a guest for a show. I worked on once, went on twice, and then they just called me more regularly. And then he said, you know what? Come down, say how it is. Our old boss, a guy called Chris Brown, he said, what got, got me was the way when you speak to camera, it was like he was talking to me. It's really hard actually talking to a camera. You, you feel a bit of a knob when you're talking to a camera and you've got to just articulate and be yourself. But I think that was probably from, from how Brendan Ingle taught us in the gym. First thing he did when I did when I walked into the, to the gym was he said, what's your name? I started to tell him, he said, stop, face the wall and tell me about yourself for two minutes. Now you do that to anybody and you're going to stump them because when you've got to talk about yourself you're going through all the emotions of god i'm going to sound like a right big head or god what did i do or what is it to say and you've got to think fast on your feet so he taught you to think not to remember to think you know the amount of fighters that came in the gym thinking about joining the gym but brendan's an orthodox introduction actually made him run a mile that skill that you've developed or even something that you didn't even realize you had talking to a camera, you can straight away put it back to something that you learned in the boxing yeah. gym in the first day in the boxing gym as well. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Do you feel like with all your, your all your life skills and then therefore your punditry skills that it was all born? Yeah, you're it's a transferable skill. I think Bre how Brendan taught us was, it wasn't just to fight. There are many fighters that, or people that were in our gym that never actually fought, but were successful in life in some way or another because they just taught you how to be around people. Our gym was very multicultural. So now it's a buzzword, but... 
our gym was like like that, that from 19 long time we had travelers we had asians we had blacks we had whites we had everybody able disabled male female and it was like if you walked into the gym the language was very was very industrial brendan encouraged it because he said when you walk out of here you could go to a fight and your opponent's supporters are going to give you abuse now if that gets to you your mind's not going to be on the job you're going to say did you what you call me do you what they did and i can remember i had to go through that experience once outside the gym it was hard at first to keep you cool and not say anything, but the karma was so sweet. I'll tell you the story quickly. Yeah, go. Um, so uh, myself and a friend of mine, we used to put club lights on in Sheffield. We'd hire the club, make it like an R&B, funky night, reggae night, something like that back in the day. My job was to try and find the venue, set up the deal. My mate's job was to promote, promote, promote. I'm looking at a club. I thought, find the club. And I went to this club. As I went to this, I phoned up first and said to the guy, look, I want to put this event on. Told him what kind of music it was. Told him what the intention was. He said, come now, let's have a meeting. You know, I went, all right, pretty cool. And so I put my um, blazer on, walked up the stairs. And then I walked up the stairs. It was next to an ice skating ring that I went to when I was at school. And I was just thinking about the time when the last time I went there, the manager gave me so much shit and he would just really give me hassle. And I was like the only black kid amongst all these kids from school because our, kid, our school was predominantly white, but we were just having a good crack. But this guy was giving me hassle. And I didn't think it was a color thing. I thought he just probably didn't like me. And I walked up the stairs, it was in the daytime, and these two bouncers were stood on the door of his office. I'm thinking, why have you got bouncers in the club that's empty? Walked through the door, so I walked through, through the door, I could just see the top of the guy's head. So it's hard to talk to the top of someone's head. I went, how you doing? I'm Johnny Nelson. Uh, we, we spoke on the phone. He went, yeah, yeah. Still, his head, still seeing the top of his head. And I'm like, it's a bit awkward now. So I thought, okay, let's get on with it. So I'm going through a spiel. He went, yeah, yeah, sit down, sit down. He's talking away. And then he suddenly looked up at me and he said, now we've got a bit of a problem. You've got black people and you've got the N-word. This guy's talking to me. I'm like, what the? The guy sat in front of me. I'm like... I want to smash him. Now he understand why the bouncers are on the door. He knew what the conversation was going to be because I told him on the phone and this guy he kept using the N-word and black this, that, and he said, so um, we don't really want that kind of shit in here. But thank you anyway. So as I stood up and the chair scraped on the floor, the door busted open. It was the two bouncers. So they must have thought I went for the guy. I stood up and turned around and I just smiled and smiled at the guy. Went, thanks for your time. Walked out. Now in my mind, remember, Brendan's saying, remember, your sticks and stones don't let these people get to you. They're going to want you to act, react in a certain way. You know, if it get you, let it get to you. And I'm thinking, and it's hard to hold down. I'm upset. Time had gone on. So this guy's got me twice now. It was the same manager. It's the same that, guy. Yeah, I didn't realise. He looked up, I realised the same guy. And I thought, he's got me twice now. Got a bit of a name for myself in Sheffield now. So years later, I've done quite a lot. And the city were giving me like an honour. Uh, the city hall, all the businessmen were giving me quite an honour. Went to the city hall. As I got there and they introduced me, I walked in, all these businessmen on the stage. The crowd are there behind me. And I clocked this guy on the stage. I thought, beautiful, I've got you. So, and it's the first time I'd seen him again since then. So I got on the stage and as I got on shaking everybody's hand, the crowd are clapping. I got to the guy, got his hand, looked at me down, pulled him towards me and whispered in his ear, I remember you and you think I don't. If you are here, by the time I get to the end of the queue, I'm going to tell everybody what you did. And he looked back at me as if to say, shit, it's him. 
by the time I got to the end of the queue, I just saw at the back of him walking out. So he had to walk off that stage. And I know now that whenever there's anything public happening in and around Sheffield, this guy doesn't turn up. He wants to be respected as a businessman, a successful businessman in Sheffield. This guy doesn't turn up. That was the sweetest feeling rather than me trying to reach over the tra table and smash him and getting beaten up by these two bouts. And I'm probably him at the same time. I thought, you know what? Timing and karma's a bitch. What I'm saying is how I dealt with it was just through Brendan. We're just through his mindset of saying, look, violence is the last option. Just be smart, use your brain. And that, I think he set me up for everything I do in the media. You're stepping into that world as well, more and more increasingly now, being on TV, being pundit and talking for a broadcaster. You've obviously got a skin in the game, as it were. Do you ever feel like, oh, I need to be careful what I say, or there is a party line I should be towing it? No, not not me yet, mm. but... You will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't get, I don't get regular work there, so maybe. No, um, right at the start there when you were saying, Brendan got you in the gym, turn around, speak for two minutes. Yeah. Now, two minutes is key to me there, because that's a long time, <laughs> right? And when you're a fighter, you drill the skill. When you're in the fight, you're not necessarily thinking, you're reacting. And yeah. and I feel like that it's almost the same once you become a TV pundit or whatnot, because you haven't really got too much time to think about exactly what you're going to say. You, you're watching it. You've made a decision about the gist of what you're going to say. But word for word, it's just got to come out and flow. And you've, got, got to, you've got to block everybody else around you as yeah. well, because they'll, they'll, they'll dilute what you're thinking. Plus, if it's at the end of the round, you're conscious that, right, I don't want to be talking at the start of the next round. Yeah, that's the worst, isn't it? You can feel yourself like, I need to wrap this up. And then it ends up the opposite of wrapping up, like me right now. And it'd be like, you're trailing to nothing and then into a mumble. And I'm like, oh, you just miss is going to pick this up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so was that something that, that then came natural from when you doing it in the gym? Or do you feel like you've been able to improve that skill year on year on year? Definitely improved it. I left school with no qualifications i wasn't smart didn't do exams i didn't leave school a clever guy uh, academically uh, but socially i think my education was in the gym so doing the job as a pundit i can paint you a picture verbally where you think i'm there i get it that's the art because people they get that get, they can get submersed in thinking yeah i'm feeling this i can tell you a story now and the story is not just a story the story is on the way to the story you know the chair that was tipped over or someone it was arguing on the way there and then you're telling the story but you've got to remember the story and paint a picture for whoever's listening to you and then when you do it like that then people even if they don't like the, your your end result they think they, they like that they get that they think i get you you're a good storyteller and it's about i suppose being a storyteller but you've got to make sure you do it in a way where if you pull me to task and ask me well you said this that and the other johnny i'm going to be able to defend that i'm not going to say something to, just to get some hits or people think oh my god oh, i did it once or twice uh, but <laughs> oh oh my god nelson said this that never what do you mean by that i'll argue every point so you had this long successful professional boxing career at what point afterwards did you think tv is what i want to do when i started working with sky I actually thought the gig was like a temporary gig. My first contract was for 10 grand. I thought, yes, I got a job. Even though I'm like... You got 10 grand? <laughs> no contract. So that could be yeah. like, that could be like for 40 shows. I just thought, yes, that means they've stuck me for a year. And um, I said earlier, it's harder than fighting because when someone's judging you, how you speak, uh, the words you use, your intelligence, how you're dressed, then you've got to either not give a shit or you, you can't be, you can't be all pansy getting, taking that stuff personal because you're never going to make everybody happy. And when I first started, 
they started using auto cue. I can hardly read then anyway. Now publicly reading, I'm like, I've sounded super thick. With lights on you and all that. Lights well. on me. You've got a gallery of everybody in really? there. Really? So you had to do auto cue? Yeah, oh, so I had to do auto cue. That'd be my worst nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And I used to sweat. I used to have to, have to buy some, is it Lilettes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, put them in my armpit to soak up the sweat because when I'm nervous, I went, Psh! I've got those in my armpit and I'm doing the show. And then they asked me to, uh, Jim Watt said to me, whatever they ask you to do, never say no. So they said, we want to tr want to use you as the, as the um, main presenter. I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I rate presenters. When you are presenting a show, you've not just got to glue people together in conversation and listen to what they're saying and answer it correctly. You've also got like, several people in your ear and someone counting you down and someone saying, we've got an advert, somebody's changed, bring this thing, carry on talking. That's a skill and own. You don't have to know about the, the subject matter of the sports hate boxing, but it, that is a skill and it's not easy hardest bit biggest challenges tv they worry about 10 seconds or something yeah. like that you know you're in boxing you're worried about getting smashed in the face so i've got to understand the importance of time i've got to understand the little things that i actually live by ignoring as i said i'd prefer to get punched in the face than actually do the tv because it's hard and so you've got to have a probably a pretty thick skin you're not going to please everybody someone on social media is going to give you crap someone will praise you so, but they still neither of them know you they're just giving an opinion but once you get comfortable with it you can have such a laugh with it now I love live I prefer live than pre-record you might slip up but it's actually it's, it's spontaneous it's boom it's bang on pre-record you kind of got time to think about overthink what you're saying it. overthink it so live is actually that adrenaline rush is wicked I'm not there yet no nah, I was going to say, I like the, like the pre-record. <laughs> I'm just a bit more settled and then I make a bit more sense and I panic on the live because I'm like, sometimes, you know, when you, I feel like usually when you cut it a tiny bit too short is always a hundred times better when you've just gone two or three more words over, overboard. But learn to laugh at yourself. If you learn to laugh at yourself, then you actually are less worried about what others think. Yeah. And if you fluff up, you say, oh God, I screwed up, didn't you? <laughs> then people start laughing and you relax even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. But at the same time, you just want to be good, don't you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Have you got like a formula that whether you know it or not, how you interpret a fight, then how you process it, and then even down to the way that you deliver it then to camera? So we'll get some stats on the fighters and the fight itself. And we'll have that stuff to read through. I read through it and the things that most people would look at, I actually ignore. I look at certain things about them personally or certain a certain event that happened to them, uh, about them behind the fighting. So it's building up the background of the character. So when I do that, you just want to try and get familiarise yourself with them. And then once you've done that, you're just speaking off the cuff. Is that important for you on Sky? Because it's not just boxing fans you're catering for. The idea is you want to open the doors a bit can't be too esoteric with your like analysis of the fight so straight away you said esoteric I don't even know what that means <laughs> but I can play with that yeah. you know what I mean so I've made it quite clear I don't know what that means but I kind of think you I know what you're saying said, yeah. I'll back that word for, next, <laughs> yeah. for the next step Johnny I'll try and slip it in somewhere like, I, don't I know kind what of think of what you're saying yeah. and, and so I just think when you're doing the interview you, you understand that you, you look at the Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall fight two million viewers watch that not all of them are boxing fans so you've got to talk in a language where everybody understands I've been to many functions where it's cricket football rugby and if I'm honest I get a bit bored when they're talking about the, the technical side of the sport because I don't know much about it but when they talk about themselves personally then it engages me so to me 
I'm trying to reach out to those people because the others that watch boxing, then they kind of get it. They're in already. Yeah, yeah but uh, so we've got to drag the others in. Boxing News, uh, their weekly subscription is what, 30,000? So throughout UK, the UK, you've got 70 million people here in the UK. So therefore, that's a small percentage of boxing fans and that's hardcore fans. We want to get the masses here. So we've got to speak a language my mum would understand that my, my sister would understand. Do you ever get worried about getting stuck on particular phrases or do you encourage that and you want like maybe a catchphrase or something like that? Something that becomes like Johnny Nelson's <laughs> words. And has, have, you ha have you had that? Has anyone gone, oh, well, I used playing to the Johnny, Johnny Nelson yeah. bingo? Oh, uh, well, what right now, it's Johnny Nelson, Bellew, technically better than Usyk. Johnny, yeah. Bellew, technically better than Usyk. Nelson, uh, that's what they sound like, idiots. You just, if you listen to what I said, you get what I was saying. But no, I think when I first started, I always kept saying, stamp your authority, until my boss said, I'll stamp on your foot if you say that again. <laughs> Stop it. If you rehearse stuff and you try and remember stuff to say, that's when you mess up. Yeah, that's what I was because sometimes it will happen to me where it's, it's off the cuff, and then I'm like, I end up noticing the same thing, yeah. and it'll be something that I would have been conscious of myself when I was fighting, you know, like leaning uh, over the jabbers. Yeah, it could yeah. be anything. It could be anything, and you're like, oh, you, you see, every, you, everyone on the card tonight has done the same thing. <laughs> I can't mention it again. You like, see, with you, George, I knew when you boxed, and I was obviously I was working with this guy. I knew people that knew you away from boxing said George, he's a very funny guy. He's very witty. He's very sharp, but that never really came across because maybe you were probably very reserved of, or we we not your friends. You're around your friends, around your people. You were you, and so and that's what he said, and that's what they were trying to get out of you. And it's coming across. You are so much relaxed now than when you fought. You're a different guy. It's like Joe Kazaki, completely different guy now from when he boxed. He's, he's talkative. He'll crack a joke. He'll, he'll have a laugh himself. You take the piss out of you and you and Carl fighting. Whereas before, back in the day, you were pretty hard on it. Now, you can laugh and joke at You know Carl's a bit serious sometimes. You know how to handle Carl. You can laugh at him without him realising. You're laughing at him. But so you're getting it. I mean, that was a conscious decision of me to be withdrawn in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think I learned it from David Hay and I just did my own version of that where, you know, there was no vulnerability, there was no emotion, it was everything was business. A lot like Chris Eubank Jr. does yeah, yeah. a lot of the time. And then I can imagine people to say the same thing about Chris. You know, if you if you spend any time with him, he's probably a really, really yeah. good character. But what you see on TV is always very serious and, you know, business. So yeah. Have you ever dropped any real clangers and been in the break been like I say that or I didn't really mean that how did, where did that come from um, yeah when I said Tennyson and beat uh, uh, did Tennyson. I say that to you I worked that show yeah. I'm sure I'll Tennyson and beat Javonta Davis yeah, he, no I didn't I said he'd knock him out that's what I said <laughs> but I'm like he hey kinda, listen he's a big puncher he, he, I said, you never that's know. what I'm saying he can punch if he lands and knock you yeah. out but everybody said I can't believe you said he yeah. beat him I'm like you know what maybe I should have phrased that a bit differently yeah. have, you so, ever, have you ever because that's an exclusive he's finally taken it back and what I meant was he had the power to do it didn't didn't say he had the skill to do it, but he just came. I was just excitable. So when it came out, basically Nelson said, "Tennis said knock him out." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, not what have done. Now. Did you know that? Shit? Yeah, yeah, I knew straight away. <laughs> my, my DMs were blowing up. <laughs> yeah. Tosser, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh man, I got everything, and I chuckle. How hard is it where you know you've got a relationship with a fighter, an Ingle fighter? Yeah. Like Kelbrook springs to mind. You're fond of Kelbrook, even if you never boxed with him. But he's in a tough fight. How'd you be objective about it? Some fighters, you've just got nowhere to go. But it's hard when it's a friend or somebody you know. It's like AJ. I'm a massive fan of AJ. It's 
for what he's achieved from the age of 18 years old, people don't give him credit for what he's achieved. He's still a studying student of the game. He's not a natural fighter. He's not a natural boxer, should I say. He'll say novice things, such as when he lost to Usyk, saying, how did you beat me? I'm bigger than you. Us fighters thinking, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that. You know, so he'd say some proper novice things. And, and you could proper throw him under the bus about it, but I just think this guy, for what he's done, he's a novice, but he's achieved so much. So you want to try and praise that. But then it gets to the point now where he's boxed Usyk twice. Usyk and AJ will box a hundred times. AJ will probably beat him once. I'm just saying what it is. That's how it is. And what I'd say is I'd say, this is how he beats him. This is what he got to do. And I think the last time he boxed Usyk, was the best I've seen in box. He boxed with intention. He was a bit rugged. He, he wanted it hard, but he was in against a brilliant fighter. Mm. Do you get people banging down your door, maybe not physically, but metaphorically, when you say something bad about them? I don't run. I've done it with Dylan White. I've done it with Shazor. I've done it with Fury. I don't want to say something shitty about you. And then when you see me, I'm, I'm darting off because they'll hunt after you. Dylan White's the biggest one for that. If you call him out and say crap about him, he'll come looking for you, which is funny. And I've seen him do it. And, and, and it's funny. I think with Derek, we were out in Saudi and I was doing an interview for IFL. And IFL said, well, what do you think about Derek fighting? And I said, you know what? I like Derek. I've got, I didn't used to like Derek. I thought he was a proper bonehead. But then I got to know him, I'm thinking, I like you. And Derek said, he's a warmonger now. He wants to fight. He wants to fight. I'm retired. I've seen fighters that box and gave their heart and soul to it. That are punch drunk, can't tie their own shoelaces, can't string a straight sentence together. And then you think, is it worth it? So I was asked about Derek fighting uh, Deontay Wilder. And I said, if I'm honest with you, I think Derek should retire. He's earned money. He's had a great run out of it. I think he's getting hit a bit too much now and he's going to regret it in years to come. The next day, Derek was there. Coogan pulled Derek in and said, listen to what Johnny said. Now, this is one of those situations where you think, oh shit, or you stand your ground. So Derek turned around and said, fuck you, Johnny, you don't know what you're talking about. On social media, so the public, oh my God, Derek Shazora told Johnny Nance to fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Derek, listen, I, it came from a place of love. You know, I'm, I'm trying to say something. I'm a, I'm a retired fighter. And I'm telling you now, in 10 years time, we're going to have this conversation. Now, off, and, and then he said, I'm going to box until I can't wipe my own ass. And the interview finished. I said to Derek, uh, to Coogan, do not put that in the interview because he will get so much of a backlash. And he didn't put it in. So I could have said to Coogan, cut that shit out, man. He looked dis disrespectful when he told me to fuck off. No, no, that's real. You know, but I said to Coogan, don't throw this man under the bus. You know, because that'll come back and bite him in the ass. As an analyst, right, you've got to give your opinion on a fraction of the information that is actually there. Yeah. You haven't been you haven't been in the gym with Derek Chisel or whoever it may be, day in, day out, seeing what other struggles have they got? What's this what's the opponent? You've got their last fight that you can go and watch, maybe a couple of interactions and maybe the press conference to make uh, a judgment on it. Sometimes it can be frustrated. I remember me as a fighter being frustrated, you know, like, how how someone seen it this way? Was it Johnny, was it? it might, I mean, probably, jo jo Johnny probably probably. So, boxing like De Gale was a massive, massive underdog. Massive, yeah. massive underdog. But then the narrative is like that I am the underdog and then once there's a big pool of people who are thinking the same thing, it's hard to then go against it. You'd only go against it if he was in the gym with me day in, day out and going, actually, he's, he's doing well. That's he's it. looking good. He's just, if you know a fighter it's hard to not get, not get personally attached to them I didn't know George all I saw was what I saw I knew a bit more about James. I knew uh, Jimmy, um, his trainer. So I knew that background. I thought, all I knew was from George what I saw. He was very good at just being 
void of like, I'm letting you know jack shit. So in doing that, you know, you're going to get a false impression of him. But then when you hear stuff afterwards, you're hearing stuff about what you've done in the gym, who you sparred, I'm like thinking, shit, all right, maybe I got that wrong. And it, it's hard, but it was never personal. With any fight, it's never personal. I don't think, I can't think of any fighter I got a beef with. Is it tougher to comment on fighters or fights that are on a different network than on Sky? Because are you, <laughs> do you feel like you're under the spotlight a little bit more? Because uh, then yeah. people think there's an agenda. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So, and, and like Eddie, sometimes I think, Man, deal with your own guard instead of saying think what we're saying and doing. And it is hard because when you when you comment on it, people then saying, Well, you're only saying that because it's not you've not got it, or you're only saying that because you want to get a XYZ. I still got an opinion, and I'm not talking on behalf of Sky when I do personal things like this. That's my opinion. And actually, Sky would prefer us to say nothing because it reflects upon them as if to say they're sour grapes. But if you use your brain, you look at most boxing, the platforms are on Sky. So Sky still make money out of everybody when the shows go on. So that side of it, I just think it's hard because I've still got an opinion. I haven't got, I, I don't lose my opinion once it's no longer on Sky, but you do, we got so much stick about that. And it me, Matthew Macklin, you know, whenever you spoke about it, fans give you so much shit, but I don't care. There's a value to having the opinion. So do you have to stay up to date with a lot of the boxing yeah. goings on? Yeah. Because we want to hear Johnny Nelson's opinion. So last time I got caught out, where I just didn't know it was Tate when he said something um, where True Geordie said something about him being Muslim or something oh, yeah. like. I didn't know what had gone on in that interaction until the interview asked me and I was just bigging up True Geordie for asking the correct question asking questions to, to Tyson Fury that most people were scared to ask or, and, I, and I thought you know he's doing what a journalist should do ask questions and then it was his comment on Tate but, so when they dropped it at me I said you know what if he said that for clickbait to get headlines is an idiot so any common sense person with a good heart with a good mind you say well you shouldn't have done that because of xyz so you can dip in between being a boxing pundit and just being a good person you just say common sense is nah, i shouldn't have done that and that's how you deal with it when you cut off the cuff why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples because this isn't just any vacation this is all the vacations come seek the royal caribbean ships registry bahamas mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore need a fast most items can ship overnight Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's circle back to what you were saying about when you were covering George. You were in the room in that ringside, the legendary ringside with James and George before oh the fight. Oh my God, that was so funny. Well, yeah. Did you think 
this is gold. Yes. Yeah. I knew at the time. Yeah. By the way, listen, you haven't seen it. It's on YouTube. Go and watch but it. Wicked. Yeah. Wicked. So good. Because I've got to say, you came across as the quiet villain. Yeah. You had to do something to get in the ring, didn't you? And when you got in the ring, uh, you and, uh, or James had to get in the ring to do something. Remember, we've got our earpieces in. James got in the ring and he was on fire. His foot was shaking getting in the ring. I said, get, get, get his foot, get his foot, get his foot. And George came in like... You played the fool very well, as if to say, well, what are you talking about? When James started going on about your tie. Mm. And I thought, if you've done it on purpose, you do stuff to get on the people's skin. And I'm like thinking, you know what? He's doing this shit on purpose. Yeah. It's worse what he's doing. And that's when Ringside, that's when Ringside knew they had something special. And that's when we were all of a sudden, when it came, when uh, we do the gloves are off now, that actually spawned things like the gloves are off. That was before the gloves are off mm. came about. And that actually spawned the idea of uh, sitting these two down in a confined area when you've just got you two to talk and, and seeing that there to me, that was like the beginning of the idea, the birth of the idea, because you two together, it was it was real. You can't bullshit human emotion. It was real, and you could see that. You watch it over and over again, you just laugh. You just laugh, and I think, wow. You and Carl ringside was good as well. We'll get onto gloves off in a minute, but the ringside with Carl was, was good yeah, as well. Yeah, I was much more comfortable in the ringside. I think I only did one gloves are off with Johnny the push and, and pull. Carl. The push and, and pull, pull yeah. one, and it wasn't good for me. But I remember that was a, that's a different dynamic, because you sit down in the dark, yeah. for a row and did you do it after a whole day of yeah, press yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll get my Cole plays this violin music whenever I tell this story <laughs> like, on our little tour <laughs> but uh, yeah it was at the end of, he tells the story about Eddie and got him a, a helicopter to fly him down from Nottingham and he's like obviously Eddie Earn knows someone with a helicopter there's me I'm at Sky I've been there seven hours I've done the yeah all the social channels the news anyway sat down chatted and I wasn't making any sense and it was probably Johnny I haven't watched it back but Johnny's Johnny might fault. have said what does everything for a reason mean? And Carl went, yeah, what does everything for a reason mean? And, oh, and I totally went blank. And I was like, <laughs> I, was like, like I fucking want a sandwich. Oh, I fucking knew this. <laughs> I knew this. It was like, it was like the quiz feature. Yeah. I was like, oh. So um, I liked Ringside because it was, people it's, were it's there. a weekly show. So there's more people in the room. You, it's, you've got a little boxing ring there. Yeah. It's a bit of daylight. It goes back and forth. And then the small hall thing as well. Johnny would usually ask the more difficult question. And Adam would sit next to him with a sort of a little, like a face of to say, <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say He's then? got you there. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, but... Um, Adam was very good at sitting on the fence. He wants to never be wrong. So before a fight, if you shake, Adam never says who he thinks is going to win or lose. And you've got to fall on your sword. If you get it wrong, you get it wrong. I'm, I'm king at that, getting it wrong. And then when we used to do uh, Ringside, we loved that show. It was real. The people around and everything. When we do the gloves are off, you've got security, uh, you've got the two fighters. And I've always said what they should do, like this now, in the studio here, they should have cameras in the corner and just do a live feed or, or record it. And when this is coming out, run it the week of the show. And this is what I, I said they should do with the gloves are off, that what they could have done with, with ringside. You've got kids that don't even watch TV. They'll watch their phones, they'll watch, and this gets the attention. You cut out the show, but show all the stuff before, show all the interaction when two fighters have walked into the studio and they're looking at each other the other side, getting touched up and makeup's there. And someone said, oh, we're just going to do this little piece of camera. All that, if you put that on a live raw feed, 
and then cut before we were, sh- we were filming the show. You've then got people talking, thinking, oh my God, I've got to see this. Do you see when Carl walked in the studio and when George walked in the studio and then and, and they were looking at each other? If you've got cameras on that sort of stuff, to me, it's brilliant. To me, it just captures them. Let's uh, talk about the gloves are off just for a sec. So, Maddis one, Donkey, Dylan White, Derek Chisora. Without a doubt. Yeah. If you saw the footage that didn't get out, it's, 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 <laughs> trust me, it was funny because after that, they were considering doing it somewhere else, you know, out of the studios because it probably <laughs> too much carnage. Off. Yeah, pro- yeah, honestly. So I'm going to tell you shit that happened that they didn't film. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so obviously when Derek threw the glass, it went off. All you heard was a bit of screaming and stuff like that. So Dylan went mad, jumped at him and Derek bit Dylan's chest. And have you ever heard a man scream, scream? Wars all over the floor. Derek's bit his chest. He fall on the floor and we're trying to pull him apart. Now, the security guy's a lovely guy. So he thought, I'm going to be security. So he shut the door with us all in. Right. So we're all stuck inside there. I'm like, open the door. Royal Rumble. He said, I'm containing it. I'm like, contain it. Get us out. So we're trying to drag. I think I had Dylan's like ankle and uh, security's trying to drag him <laughs> left, right and centre. They're on the floor, Papa rolling about. The cameraman's, he's so cool on him. He's got his camera. He's rocking the right, he's on his ship, filming it. And so everybody's trying to pull him apart. And so eventually they pulled him apart and Derek's got this proper madhead smile on his face laughing. Did he have so half he, a Dillian White shirt yeah, in his mouth? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then, and so, so he opened the door. It's a good guy, opened the door. We ushered uh, Dylan out. Dylan was mad. He was screaming like like a kid outside, mad. And he had his crew, a couple of guys on his crew there. And so Dylan's out there and all his crew run to get in because obviously it's kicked off. Derek's got his crew. So they're in the green room with different parts of the studio. These guys don't know how to get down to the studio. But D- Dylan's like, we're outside the studio. And he had a guy, young young guy. My man's looking at Dylan and he went, get, and his ch- voice changed, get him. And I'm, I'm like, my man just turned around like a proper- Finish him. Yeah, like, he just said, get him. Turned around like a proper soldier walking towards the studio door. And I'm like looking at Dylan and my man's like trying to get something and I don't know what it was I don't I don't know if he was just tucking his shirt in and so I'm like Dill no Dill no so I ran to the door to get back in the studio between this guy and, and Dill I'm Dill trust me the phone the police the police are coming don't do it man don't do it Zoom looked at him Zach looked at him like as if am I doing this he went get him and he carried on walking I went Dill trust me the cops are coming my man looked at him again and Dylan would just switched his head as if and called it off he turned around like a soldier because people were scared. They were they were mm. screaming a bit because this happened in inside Sky. They were inside the place. That was it. it was, and, and they left. It was just like a storm. Then it was quiet. And you're like, what the fuck is just happening? <laughs> and trust me, the the footage of those guys getting at it inside. You look at you think, man. Today you can't just be a good fighter. You've got to be the whole package. You're either a villain or a hero. You've got to be able to be let people see who that person is, and that's how you get that fan base people so if you can do the gloves off and be yourself and be raw like you're talking to like i'm talking to you that is where the fans will have a warm to you or hate you yeah plus you can go from villain to hero not you yeah thanks i didn't know but thanks a lot yeah i was thinking of chisora i'm thinking eight rounds thinking, in manchester yeah and chisora i'm thinking of yeah. chisora right 
but you can't go from hero to villain, like, or even not. You can. Carl did. When you two box in Manchester, yeah. they, they cheered him coming in. And when he was leaving, they were throwing money at him because mm. some of that shit hit me oh, on yeah, the head. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure you, I mean, you you actually can. Yeah. But you don't really want to. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? You, you, don't really, well, you, don't, you don't really want to. It doesn't necessarily have to be villain, but it can be hero to something else. You know, mm. like Tyson Fury went from villain to hero and Joshua went from hero to he's not villain but yeah. he's not hero is not he anymore? loved as much so, as what he was and then that's a tough you can tell I don't know Joshua but you can tell that's that's a tough place for him when I had my first world title fight true and people turned on me in a heartbeat you know when you pick up a, you don't nobody reads newspapers now you'll see the cartoons in the newspaper some of them were about me People take proper take the piss. And so from people all of a sudden being your mate and being like clapping on your back, wanting to come to your fights and wanting to give you everything, from turning in a night to disrespecting you, talking to you like you're a mug, it must kill AJ because he was a proper blue-eyed boy. But now people have got an opinion and they'll take it to his face. Hopefully for him, if he gets past that point of not caring, like you, you yeah. take the good and the bad and you just bury it all the same. If, you, if you've experienced a bit of both throughout your career and you process it properly, it can actually be a, a bit of a blessing. That's, that's, for, I'm yeah. trying, that's what I've always tried to do. I've had the good and the bad. And then you're like, well, it doesn't really matter. I think as long as you've got your family and your true friends around you, it doesn't matter what most people say. Mm. And that's why when we were out in Saudi Arabia, when AJ boxed, Usyk in his last fight, I said something and it was properly twisted round. So the news all week was Nelson says AJ should retire if he loses. I didn't say that. What I said was AJ will struggle with a loss to, to Usyk and it's a case of what he wants because he's dry. Where will his drive be? Will, he doesn't want to be an, an also run. He wants to be top of the tree. He wants to be best. And now he knows this man can beat him. Is he happy to, to stay in boxing knowing he'll, he'll never be the best? I think people have got enough respect. Well, I know people have got enough respect respect for you Johnny to hear you elaborate on those mm. so you you're you know you can do it you know what I mean mm. they're not going to turn their back on you and go got no time for, for this person because he said this mm. actually listen to what you've said or what you're you know what you're trying to convey I'll tell you what they might turn their back on him for <laughs> if he loses this quiz against you oh too. shit so nobody, we do a feature every week. Me, I'm rubbish at quizzes yeah well this Without is the best doubt. feature we've ever done Q jingle Nelson's column <laughs> So this is a statues-based quiz. It's you against George. So what we've got here, Johnny, got 10 questions based on boxing statues. Okay, five each. Dun, dun, George, dun. you're up first. Statue of the original Welsh wizard stands in Merthyr Tydfil, Wales. Who is it? Do you know this one, Johnny? Just to put the pressure I don't know. It's just a guess, though. I've got a guess. Come on, you got, got an idea? The original Welsh yeah, wizard? Yeah, I, I got it because it was a funny name. It was Winston... No. Howard Winston. Easy. George, straight in. <laughs> One nil. Oh okay, John, you're under the cost straight hard, away. Man. All right. In 1986, oh dear. a 24-foot long arm with a huge fist hanging from a 24-foot pyramid was erected in Detroit. Who does it honour? Thomas Hitman man hands. No. Joe Lewis. Oh, bastard. Joe Lewis, yeah? Mm. Was he from Detroit? The or? fist. It's one of the best boxing sculpture slash statues you'll ever see. That's a trick question. Nah, I thought I'd, there's a couple more in there, so don't. <laughs> I don't rest on your laurels, okay? 1-0 down, Johnny, to go 2-0 up, George. There is also a marble statue of that heavyweight great in Las Vegas, but in which of the hotels does it stand? Caesar Palace. Boom. Okay, 2-0, you need this one, Johnny, to get back in business. A statue of who stands on Benjamin Franklin Parkway, Philadelphia? 
Rocky! Yes. Hey. And for a bonus point to draw level, in which Rocky film is it unveiled? Uh, one. No. no when he runs no, up no, the stairs. Absolutely not. Oh, so, oh no, 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 no. no, be, no, no but that, that's not point. He's still going to get <laughs> no, my answer to anyway. question. Yeah. What was it anyway? No bonus point. Yeah. He goes, hey woman, hey woman. Uh, that's Club of Lang. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rocky Free, yeah, Rocky yeah. Free. When he when come he... with a real man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Club of Lang one. Yeah, so, well, it's 2-1 now. So, but back in business, George, you're up again. The statue of whom stands in Market Square? I know! Warwick. Oh. Warwick? Yeah. Johnny, do you know this one? I think so. Yeah. Go on, pass it to Johnny. He can Go on, it. to make it to all. Randolph Turpin. Yes! Where's, he, where's he from? Six to four day here on Leamington Spa. Leamington God Spa. To all. Leamington Spa. But, he's actually, there, but the statue's it? actually in Warwick. He bought Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, yeah. Beat Sugar Ray Robinson. That old school. Lost it. Uh, within 64 days so his other nickname is 64, the 64 day hero yeah. when he beat uh, Sh- uh, Robinson he was partying he did a Roberto Duran he was living a life mm-hmm. sleeping with every woman that was had a heartbeat and then the fight came around again boom got turned over brilliant fight though first black British champion very good knowledge and that's two all can I extra extra point for that uh, no we'll keep it two all uh, okay if it go, if it's a draw we'll say just for those knowledge bombs yeah, we'll yeah. but alongside statues of Wayne Gretzky and Magic Johnson which boxer has a statue outside the Staples Centre in LA Ali no Ali uh, hmm? No. Oh, it's Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, it's Oscar, Oscar. De La Hoya, but I'm still too old. <laughs> George, to pull ahead. Oh, in August of this year, a statue of whom was unveiled in Leith, Edinburgh? Is it Josh Taylor? No, it's not Josh Taylor. <laughs> Some only other one. Oh, right, so it's Ken Buchanan. Boom, 3-2. A statue of who stands at 412 Main Street in Manasseh, dedicated to his mother, Mary Celia? That'd be Rocky Marciano. No, no, no. Manasseh Mola. So Manasseh Mola. Who's the Manasseh Mola? To make it three all. It's gone, it's gone. gone. Middleweight? No, you were very close. You're going to kick yourself. Manasseh Mola. Jack Dempsey. What a knobhead. Jack Dempsey. (laughs) So it remains 3 2 to George and to make it 4 2, insurmountable lead. The oldest statue of a boxer is the magnificent Greek bronze boxer at rest. But in which European capital does it currently reside? Athens? Incorrect. Oh, sorry, wrong. Yes, he's back. Three all. To win it. On the 23rd of December 2016, a new bronze statue of who emerged in Liverpool's Baltic Square? Muhammad Ali. Boom. What is Ali doing in Liverpool? For free. Liverpool. George, you've done it. They claim everyone, don't they, them scousers? Yeah. I bet they're going to say you his mother's originally from, from Liverpool, Liverpool or no. something. Baltic Square. Well, that was a fucking great effort, both of you. 4 3, the winner. George, well done. Have you got a Nelson Collin trophy? No, now he's Nelson Solomon. <laughs> Solom. Sharp, man. That's Thank sharp. You. Sharp shit. Sharp shit. <laughs> Nelson's Colin. So, Johnny, you are now a podcaster too. Tell us about it. Okay, then. So, uh, I did it with Jamie Jewett. Um, we actually filmed down in, uh, in Epping, raised money for uh, Gloves Up Nice, Knife da- Down, uh, the charity there. We started to get one or two guests in slowly but surely. It is a bit of a bitch to get there, but when we get the guests in, we've got a, a few lined up. So you set up a really cool studio. But the show itself is not about boxing. It's about the story behind the fighters, why they got into it, why, what drove them to it. Does boxing keep you off the street? So so the idea is it's not just aimed at fighters. It's aimed at youngsters coming through that have used these people as their hero. Mm. And you're busy with Sky still because Sky are massively in business at the moment with yeah, Ben are. Shalom and Boxer. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Ben Shalom is such... 
he's a strange guy, but he's so clever. I like him. You should get that at on first. Yeah, you should get him on the show. Mm. At first, I thought, oh, so he got this gig. Get to speak to him. The kid's all right. You'd be talking to him, and you can see he's like. It reminds me of that professor out of um, Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> you'd be his mind would go Doc somewhere, Brown. and he'd just walk off. You're like, yo, we've not finished yet. We'll be doing a live interview, and they'll answer it. Then they'll just walk off. But then I, we did a piece with him and he said, I know I'm odd, but that's just how I am. But he's actually a nice kid. And he's going to get his head put down the toilet a few times because he's, he's the new kid on the block. He's going to have to live and learn like Eddie did when he first came on the scene, like Frank Warner did when he first came on the scene against Cartel. Now Benny's going to have to go through the ringer. But the ideas, the, the ambition he has, I think it, it's really fresh, refreshing for boxing. Mm, still a big commitment from Sky for boxing. Massively. Boxing probably is 5%. 10% of Sky's content they could walk away from it in a heartbeat if they wanted to they've been doing boxing for 30 years 30 years they have been the only consistent one from everybody that's come along BBC, ITV Satanta Boxnet they've all come along and Sky have been consistent and they've all fallen by the wayside I've seen members of, a, of staff leave Sky Boxing and go to jump on these new ships they think oh god this is the new messiah and then they think oh shit I'm slipped up they must be doing something Something right if they've lasted so long and surpassed everybody so sky's commitment to boxing as far as i'm away is just as strong as it was 30 years ago because mm -hmm. it was a seismic move when it when eddie and matchroom left and listen eddie's the best promoter in the world he's a good talker good looking fella he's wasted being a millionaire because his brain is ridiculously sharp and fast sells a fight like he's selling you a car he could sell you a car with no wheels on he's a great salesman but he's just made a move that you know he believed in his hype where he's thinking I can take over this boxing world boxing and boxers we're like cockroaches we get through everything and so for him to think I can take over boxing it's not going to happen he, he's one of the best up there as in promoters wise because of the things he does now he does it and, and what he's creating but I just think um, Eddie I wonder if there's any regret there and don't be surprised if Sky worked with him down the line I'm not saying it's happening I'm just saying exclusive don't be surprised if Eddie and Sky actually worked together and that came down the line. Don't be surprised. Last one, maybe. What is next from Sky, would you say? What are we, what are we to look forward to? They've given the reins to Ben to bring us something new. I'm older than you lot, but I didn't know what a YouTuber was. You know, and, and these kids are going potty over these YouTubers. So Sky has now started to embrace them and say, look, we need to understand why these guys have got numbers of 18 million following and, and why the kids are going, I don't understand it, I don't get it. But then you look at people like Jake Paul. Jake Paul has world champion attention with Norris experience. So like him or not, this kid's doing a great job. And, and he's getting people a, a talking, getting people loving or loathing him. I don't know if he'll be a world champion, a legit world champion. I don't think he will, if I'm honest. But I think Sky are tapping into that understanding of the new generation. And while they're tapping into that new generation, then again, they're doing something that, that's made them last this long in, in our sport. Are you up for it as well, Johnny? Or are you struggling with your hardcore boxing roots? I, I do struggle with, I'm, I'm lying, I'm pissed off with the fact that some of these YouTubers are getting paid more and more attention than fighters that have been doing it from a young age. But those fighters can also learn from these YouTubers because they understand it's not just about being a good fighter. You've got to be the whole package. You've got to get the, you've got to be character. You've got to work on yourself, invest in yourself, get, get yourself out there so people see your left, right, 
right saying there no point in being a good just being a good fighter because there's many good fighters that can't speak a word of English we're never going to see him because they're thinking can I sell him and so the fighters can actually learn from these YouTubers and think right I've got to raise my profile so people know who I am buy into my story so it's not just about being a badass it's, uh, or being able to fight it's about letting people understand I'm a business this is what I do AJ's brilliant at it AJ's probably the reason why now there's so much money in boxing now like it or not a lot of proper big companies legit companies a lot more legit companies and now sponsoring and getting involved and wanting to put an advert on the back of a fire whereas back in the day especially when i boxed the biggest sponsorship was milk for frank bruno and i thought when i saw him do the advert for milk and, and nike i thought oh my god they're sponsoring him boxing's always had that dark shadow over it but because they saw a character in asia we think you know what this kid ticks that box that box that box more people are flood flooding in that probably wouldn't have got involved in boxing very true. It's exciting times. Johnny, thanks so much for that. Pleasure, boys. Education on punditry. Best of luck with the with the pod as well. Can't wait to listen to that one. Guys, you, and you, Jamie. you guys are killing it. Well Likewise. done. Likewise. Thank thanks, you, Johnny. Mate. Take care. Well, there you go, Deck. There you go. I enjoyed that. I did. He's a professional broadcaster in here yes. telling us how to do some broadcasting. I know, yeah. I, was I had my little notes. notebook out. Yeah. Do you look to camera? Do you look away? Oh, he didn't give me any advice There's not on even that. a camera in here, George. Yeah, it's like, no, yeah. Nelson is in the club. Can, George, you tell us about socials? As always, Deck, yeah. you can reach us on our socials, which are GG Boxing Club on Instagram and Twitter. And we've got a TikTok, but I'm not on TikTok, so I don't know how Stop to... Stop lying. Inst I don't know how... I don't know if we can be reached via TikTok or whether you can just like the things we yeah. sporadically put out. Just get on TikTok anyway. So TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter, but there are other ways to get in touch with us, Deck. Email us. Especially if you've got something you want to say, some long-form outburst that you want to hit us with, ggboxingclub at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Email us. And also, if you want to leave like a comment, iTunes review, if that's how you consume your podcast on that, that helps us as well. I'd say emails are very important, but if your email is good, put it on the socials and then email yeah, it to us. We like everyone. both. And if you feel so good that you just want to listen to another podcast, you want to just check out Beef's Golf Club. And that is a 2016 European Tour winner, Andrew Beef Johnston. Just like us, he started his own club and each week Beef and John Robbins sit down to talk about all things golf. And if you want one episode to start with, look for the one with Tony Finau. Just search for Beef Golf Club in your podcast app for now the great episode it's a great episode but uh, it's a great podcast yeah. and I'm not a massive golf fan but I still enjoy it yeah. and like our show deck yeah. you don't need to be a massive boxing fan you're going to love it absolutely also deck if you're listening on Apple which I am you can get the GGBC ad free by subscribing to the Crowd Sports channel what you don't have to listen to the ads no sign me up and if you listen on Spotify George check out our playlist The Ring Walk which is teeming now with big hits get on that and the GGBC is also available ad-free on Amazon Music. Deck, always the same. We're back next Wednesday. We are. Who have we got? We've got the one and only gentleman himself, Chris Billum-Smith. Oh, it's a big exciting. moment for the pod, this. Yes, we've got Chris Billum-Smith on. He is the gentleman. He held every door open. He was so gentlemanly. When, when, we, when we came in. What else did he do that was gentlemanly? Uh, pulled out your chair. He did. Yeah. And I fell over. Outside, because it was raining, he took his shirt off and just put it on the floor so I didn't have to walk on the... <laughs> in the he did that as well. I was like, all right, mate, chill out. It's middle of Soho. Yeah. Yeah, but he's all of that and he punches people's heads in. And he's telling us all about fighting on the inside. 
Mm. Inside which fighting. Is, which she loves doing. CBS in the club. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.